Welcome to the Gravity Technique podcast. My name is Kaz and I'm the creator of the Gravity Technique, which is a bridge between the face-meltingly boring science world and the practical application of how your body actually works. I've spent 20 years researching anatomy and movement so you don't have to, and this podcast is where I deep dive into debunking, de-jargoning and myth-busting some of our most common ailments. So if you're ready to feel empowered and take responsibility for your own health and well-being, let's get started. Hello and welcome to this week's Gravity Technique podcast. So this week we're getting all into the animals and I really love this subject because whilst having a pet is a nice thing, it's also there's some real studies behind how animals and having animals in our lives really affects our health and our well-being. And this got me started when... Uh, someone who's very close to me was working through some mental health issues and started to adopt guinea pigs. So she was in the um, pet store one day um, just looking at the animals with her children and she saw this guinea pig that was ready for rehoming and the guinea pig had been giving up, given up for adoption. And she adopted this guinea pig and, you know, she's so... She's so inspirational when it comes to the mental health and well-being and how to work with mental health and well-being. And, you know, she's so inspirational in that, in that, you know, she's the the techniques that she's employed to help herself on her own journey and then to help others on their journey so things like crocheting knitting meditation uh, and you know looking into how having an animal that you adopt and take responsibility for can really help to give you purpose and meaning and a reason to get up in the morning so she adopted this guinea pig she crochets as well so she crocheted a little pouch for this guinea pig so that it could just be on the front of her chest being held and supported and nurtured after it had been through whatever it had been through to be given up for adoption and then a few weeks later because she'd done some guinea pig research apparently guinea pigs are a pack animal and they should have a buddy so a couple of weeks later she's at the pet store and there's another lone guinea pig that's being given up for adoption suffice to say a couple of years on she now has seven guinea pigs in her herd and is quite happy to you know introduce new guineas who need some nurture and support but in this process what it's really meant for her recovery has been that she's been able to take responsibility for another life and it's given her meaning and purpose and when I got into this during the pandemic I kept uh, teaching and I was teaching online teaching on zoom and what I noticed was because when we put our mats down to do our movement practice children and animals particularly all rush in and assemble on the mat that you've just laid down for you and you shoo them out of the room and then you lay on the mat and they all come back in and then they lay all over you on the mat. 
So with that in mind, I started to look at why are animals so interested in coming in to spend their time with us, but also is that reciprocal? Is it a two-way door? And it turns out that it is. A study in the 80s showed that you are nine times more likely to survive for 12 months post-heart attack if you are the owner of a pet and are in close contact with a pet. They also showed that you were significantly um, at, a, at a significantly lower risk of coronary heart disease and just the whole stresses in your body with regards to depression, anxiety and those other health and wellness issues were significantly lowered when it came to having a furry animal around you. Cats and dogs were what they looked at particularly, um, but I believe, you know, any animal that you are interacting with, whether that's a corn snake or a guinea pig or a hamster, it doesn't matter. It's an animal that has its own energy and has a bond with us. Another study showed 80, you are 80% more likely to be engaged in conversation when you are walking with an animal than not. And that had a huge impact for that study because what they were looking at was loneliness in elderly people. So if the elderly person had a small dog and was out walking it each day, their incidence of loneliness was significantly lowered because they were 80% more likely to be engaged in a conversation. So the, the animals that are around us really have this big impact, as well as, you know, stroking an animal lowers our blood pressure, lowers our heart rate lowers the adrenaline and the cortisol stresses in our body but also as well as increasing our feelings of wellness and well-being because it feels nice obviously the fur feels nice under our um, hands so we're, for, we're very tactile so for children this had huge impacts particularly during the pandemic with children that were feeling stressed feeling lonely feeling isolated and struggling with their schoolwork, the introduction of, a, of an animal into the environment had huge impacts on how those children experienced well-being and feelings of well-being and reduced the stresses that they were experiencing. So, they're not just a fur, they're not just a furry face, they're not just a friendly face either. And when we think about touch and the science behind touch, yes, we have all the nerve endings in our hand and everything else. But when we look at the fascia that's associated with that, so if we've got the heart, if you imagine your heart in your chest in the pericardium, it lives in a, in a heart tent, which is called the pericardium. So you've got your lovely heart and you've seen those, I'm sure, in pictures um, lives in its heart tent, pericardium, and that pericardium is the connective tissue that we call fascia. And that fascia encases the lungs as well, so that's the pleura. And it all sits on top of another load of fascia called the diaphragm. 
And from there, of course, if we think about this fascia being the cling film that encases and connects everything, if we go from the pericardium heart tent to the pleura of the lungs and then to the inside of the arms, inside of the shoulders, and then we connect the fascia into the muscles, into the bones, and it covers the muscles and the bones all the way down to the hands. Now everything we touch affects is felt by our heart. So if you're holding your animal and you can feel your animal's heartbeat, you can feel the warmth of the animal, you can feel the fur or the scales if you're if you have a chameleon or another, you know, um, they call them cold-blooded, they're not cold-blooded at all, but if you have a reptilian pet rather than a furry pet, then it's just that connection that we have. And of course, as well as touch and the fascia being very receptive and responsive to temperature, to pressure, to different environments. So we know we know very much the difference between a cold, hard worktop and the fur of an animal or the skin of an animal. But also we can feel the peristalsis of that animal. So the movement of their muscles, the movement of their skin, the beating of their heart, their breathing. You can feel all those things through your hand and that's conveyed up through your arm and into one of our most sensory centers, which is our heart. This is not even getting into electromagnetic fields. So if you read um, Robert O'Becker's I can't think of it. It's gone straight out of my head when I'm recording. That's always helpful, isn't it? The electric body. There it is. It's in there somewhere. So if you read Robert O'Becker's electric body, where we really get into electromagnetic fields, have a look at Curlian photography and or the aura that we give off, but actually the electromagnetic field aura rather than an energetic aura, although they are one, one and the same. When we're engaging in close proximity with another person, with another animal, there is an exchange of energy and the calmness of the temperament of the animal deeply affects how we feel. So we know that animals generally, they're quite chilled. They run at a much slower pace. They're mooching around. They're not really, you know, they don't have the same stresses as humans. So it's, you know, when is dinner? Is it sleep time? Do I go outside and have a mooch round? And, you know, and for dogs particularly, they have these short bursts of energy. They go out into the field or wherever they're being walked. They have this huge hooli run around, massive burst of energy, and then they just go and chill. So generally, when we're at home with them, they are in their chilled out mode and that's this has a deep impact on us so when we touch animals there is a touch exchange which conveys back to the heart slows our breathing down we will mimic whatever is nearest to us so if we're touching an animal whose breathing is a lot slower than ours or if we're touching an animal whose energy is more chilled than ours, then we will naturally meld ourselves to that. 
And that makes animals great anti-stressors. And that's been proven in quite a few studies, as I've referred to earlier. So when your animal comes into the room, when you want to do your practice, perhaps we don't shoo them away. We know that they do get in the way. Um, my dog particularly loves to uh, get in. And the one thing she's not allowed to do is lick faces. She knows she's not allowed to do it. But what does she want to do more than anything else in the world? Because she's told not to do it is lick faces. So as soon as you've got hands on the mat and you're in a downward dog posture, for example, she knows that she can get in there and do the thing that she's not supposed to do. And there's not much I can do about it because I've, you know, I'm in a compromised position. And cats the same. They love to lay all over you, sit all over you and generally get in the way. But actually, they are, they can be a real aid to our practice because if we come to the mat and we're feeling a bit stressed or we're very caught up in the head and we're thinking about what's been happening for us today and or we're feeling stressed about something then actually having an animal as part of our practice, near to us in our practice, can be a real de-stressing tool. And we've seen this with the rise and rise of dog yoga. Um, also down in the southwest in the UK, there's goat yoga, where you can have baby goats in the room. But the, the benefits of having... Um, an animal in the room while you practice are being more and more documented. So have a think about that. If you're feeling a little bit stressed, if you're feeling a little bit out there with things and you're looking to just have a moment, you can grab your favourite cuppa. I was, you know, I'm a bit mad on the on the fruity teas and the hot water and the lemon and the ginger. But, you know, those warm drinks calm the nervous system, cool the system down. And the same with your animal. So stick your cat on your lap, go and visit a friend's dog or, you know, visit a place. There's a beautiful cat cafe in London, which is wonderful. So if you don't have an animal of your own or you're not able to have an animal of your own, you can go to the cat cafe and they will come and sit all over you. And it's absolutely wonderful. But just having a think about how we can calm our nervous systems down and the impact that having an animal around us can have and that trade of electromagnetic fields. Now, there is lots to unpack there with regards to electromagnetic fields and other humans. We start to maybe want to become a little bit more discerning about the energy exchange that we're having with the other humans. Are they, you know, helping us to stay in that kind of neutral, easy state? Or are they somebody that's really rubbing us up the wrong way and causing us to feel a bit out there? And, you know, we can choose how much time we spend within those energetic exchanges, within those electromagnetic fields. Equally, electromagnetic fields are, you know, within everything, so if you don't have an animal, you can hug a tree and you can get your feet into the ground. This all helps to rebalance our electromagnetic fields, but it also helps to lower our cortisol, lower our adrenaline and return us back to a natural, uh, healthy state. So rather than shooing your animals out of the room, invite them in. Let them come and stay with you and just, you know, appreciate if you do have a pet at the moment, 
appreciate your animal, go and give him some love or her some love and uh, give them a rub all over and then just notice how you feel as well. It's an energetic exchange. Notice how your breathing changes. Notice how your heart rate changes. And, you know, if you are an experimental person, as I am, try out different scenarios. Try out a practice without an animal and with an animal and see how you go. So as always, pop a comment in for me. If you've got any questions on this subject, give me a shout. And, um, As always, if you are struggling with your mental health, if you are struggling with your physical health, there is help available, particularly with mental health. It can feel challenging to get out there and, you know, speak to a friend or actually just put your hand up and say, do you know what, today I am struggling with this stuff or I have been struggling for a little while. And as someone who's who's worked with my mental health and uh, trauma from surgery and all sorts of stuff like that, I know how challenging it can be to actually put your hands up and say, I am struggling. But trust me on this. Once you do and you're over that first hurdle, everything just becomes so much nicer. So if you want to come and get involved with the Gravity Technique, we've got our Facebook community where I'm in there live each week uh, answering your questions and just discussing more subjects like this. And if you want to get in the Zoom room, we've got classes running throughout the week. And if you have got that squeaky wheel that is probably going to turn into a wheel falling off, obviously get in touch and you can come into clinic. It's all over on gravitytechnique.com forward slash links and uh, give us a like and a subscribe and a share so that we don't disappear into the podcast ether. Thank you so much for joining me this week. Take care of yourself and uh, I will see you next week. You are appreciated. Thank you for listening.